we took the approach that Georgia could just do what they've done and win this football game. I think Mike Leach decided, I'm sure with charts, graphs, and in a discussion about the Polynesian Wars, that you are not going to beat us running the football. And we didn't, right? We beat them throwing the football, which is refreshing and exciting and nerve-wracking. What's up, Georgia football fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 256 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined via Zoom by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, and we discuss the 31-24 Bulldog win over Mississippi State. The offense was potent in the passing game with 401 yards for first-time starter JT Daniels, yet the running game was limited. Not limited, that's not the right word. Non-existent ineffective, those would be better characterizations with a paltry eight yards rushing on the night. But that's what we're here for. We'll discuss both the highs and lows on this post-game episode. And before we begin, I'd like to remind you all to go check out the Northside and Westside Bottle Shop for your Thanksgiving beer, wine, or spirit needs. You've heard us talk about their awesome customer service and their convenient locations in and around Athens. So maybe when you stop by, tell them that Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast sent you by. And of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't encourage you to visit El Barrio and the Pine Bar and Five Points. The weather here in Athens has been amazing, and both of those restaurants thrive with their outdoor seating options, especially the putting green and the picnic tables that El Barrio has on their front lawn. So go check those places out. And let's just find out what the three of us have to say about the five and two dogs and their victory over Mississippi State. Hope you enjoyed episode 256, and here's Will to kick us off. 31 to 24. I did not get my 38 to 3. <laughs> I was kind of hoping I was going to get a little 38 3. I did not get my 38 to 3. The Georgia defense was not up for it. However, the well, we'll get to that, but I think it's undeniable. The top story of this game is JT Daniels and what he did. He looked not perfect, but certainly the best quarterbacking we have seen here. Arguably in a couple of years, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think, think uh, since 18. Yeah, and and that uh, it, to me that is that is the big story. I know that there is a lot of discussion in a lot of the stories of well, why wasn't he starting before? And we can get into that, but I do feel like more to the point uh, that looked like a guy. I think I texted you guys during the game. That looked like a guy that's going to be the quarterback here for a while. Yeah, and I think the the part about it that was heartening to me, uh, and I have some ideas having evaluated the game. Um, soberly, both uh, in the metaphorical way and the actual way, um, that there are some reasons that you can point to. Looking at the game, why JT Daniel wasn't starting yet, um, I am cautiously optimistic. We were, we were having a discussion with Wayne and Tiffany yesterday afternoon before the game started, and it's like, you know, what outcome of this game is not going to make you mad? And Tiffany's was very sagely put, none. None's not going to not make me mad. <laughs> uh, and And... Because either Daniel comes in and lights it up, and we're like, what the hell? Uh, or uh, he doesn't, and we're like, oh, this is far worse than we thought. Um, I would argue, uh, and I have not chatted with Tiffany, I would argue that maybe a game where Daniel shows a ton of promise, the offense still doesn't look quite in sync, and the defense looks like they this is the first time they saw a pass-happy offense. Um, Maybe we found a happy middle space where she just can be mad instead of actually angry. Like, we took the approach that Georgia could just do what they've done and win this football game. I think Mike Leach decided, 
I'm sure with charts, graphs, and in a discussion about the Polynesian Wars, that you are not going to beat us running the football. And we didn't, right? We beat them throwing the football, which is refreshing and exciting and nerve-wracking. Yeah, I'm not wholly convinced that Georgia doesn't lose this game if it's the Bennett-Mathis combo um, because of what was being thrown at them by uh, the defense of uh, Mississippi State. And then, the, the it, I mean, Tony, I didn't really believe you. I hadn't watched much Mike, Mike Leach football. I didn't really believe you when you said they were just going to throw the easiest route and everything. <laughs> but I was, again, wholly convinced that that's what they were going to do after the first couple drives. I mean, it was kind of maddening uh, and very efficient uh, with it. But as far as JT Daniels, I was really impressed with his pocket awareness, his marginal mobility. I'll put it that way. I, I really loved how he kind of slid away from um, one of the rushers and then did a sidestep and, and threw a deep ball that should have been a touchdown that was dropped in the, the fourth quarter. But we can get back to that. But I mean, he was dropping some dimes. Uh, I was it was kind of giddy to see him actually be able to hit those deep balls. Jermaine Burton it's kind of like he's been that frustrating receiver so far because he had some flashes of brilliance. Uh, but then just ne- never really showed you why he was a five-star recruit. And then it was great to see George Pickens again. Um, that first touchdown pass where uh, Daniels rolled out to his right and just threw, you know, like a low strike. Uh, literally, it was probably, you know, outside corner of the strike zone with uh, Pickens sitting down. Uh, that was cool to see as well. Um, yeah, the, the, the really frustrating and perplexing part is the the run offense. I mean, it was like, where did it go? But, uh, you know, it's 2020 and you can't have, uh, both things that you like. So, uh, it was kind of fun to see a 401 yard passing, uh, offense by Georgia. You know, you got South Carolina, Vandy, Missouri left. I agree that, you know, they should still, uh, probably run the table at 10 and two. Um, if they could just kind of find a happy medium, that'd be nice. But, uh, all in all 31, 24, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, and we'll get to the defense in a, in a second. Uh, but you know, one more thing I think on Daniels, I liked that he wasn't perfect. He had some underthrown balls, and I think he was benefited by the receivers. I think the receivers. I think this is probably the best game the receivers have had also in a couple of years. I think generally across the board. Um, I actually, you know, obviously. Uh, 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 Pickens wasn't the headliner, but I actually thought he actually had some. He had a little bit of a pep in his step in a way that we don't always see with him. There were some good uh, yards after catch, but uh, to me, the thing I like about Daniels, he's willing to. Th- he he clearly wants to throw deep. <laughs> like that's clearly what he would like to do. If he ever sees one on one, that's what he's doing, and. That's exciting because he can do it. Sometimes he's going to underthrow it, but I think that's, again, his first game in 15, in, in 15 months. I thought the mobility was fine. I think it's maybe a part of a larger discussion at some point of, like, it still feels like Georgia's just desperately wants an offense that's run by Justin Fields, but it's not run by Justin Fields. And so they're like, and so when they have someone who's like Jake Fromm or Aaron Murray, except maybe with a bigger arm, uh, or, or Jacob Eason, I guess, there there's still this idea like, yeah, but they... Like, I, I mean, we'll have a discussion of why Daniels wasn't starting before now because for all the talk of is he ready, is he clear, is he so on, he said explicitly in the post-game press conference that the only game he was not clear to play was Arkansas. That, uh, A, that makes me think that uh, Keith, uh, Keith Smart, <laughs> I say Keith Smart, <laughs> Kirby Smart, 
Not the Touch former Indiana body. player. In the big, no, it's not Keith Sweat either. <laughs> That's Keith Sweat. That's Keith Sweat. <clears throat> um, anyway, uh, Kirby Smart, the coach of the football team, whose team we talk about on this podcast all the time. Clearly, he's not going to let him talk for a while <laughs> after after that. Though I would argue that is. I've said this for a couple of years. This is probably worthy of a conversation on the longer podcast. But that, like, hesitant to, like, Munkin still hasn't talked, so there's no one to, we don't know what he thinks. That Saban-esque thing of, oh, I control the message and none of these players get to talk works when you're 11-1 and one every year. Um, but when it struggles and people want to hear from people and people want to find out what's going on and you don't give them any information, all it does is be like, wait. So why didn't you? Who's telling the truth? Why isn't it this? And it lo- it leads into this this general cynicism and skepticism about the program that there could be perfectly reasonable, understandable explanations for all of this. But because the thing about the thing about the truth is that it eventually always comes out. And so the idea: the more you try to control it, the more uh, trouble I think that you make for yourself. And I think you saw that with Daniels afterwards, where clearly the idea the the it's cl- the message has clearly been. Daniels isn't cleared. That's why he hasn't started. Daniels isn't cleared. Daniels isn't cleared. And you push that together for, you do that long enough, and then all of a sudden Daniels says, no, I was cleared. Now we're like, wait, what else is going on that we're, that we're not hearing about? And I would argue that's not the best strategy in general. Um, well, so it still feels to me uh, the Georgia would have beat Florida and Alabama with Daniels' narrative. Let's pump the brakes on that a little bit. I thought Daniels looked great, but uh, this is, he wasn't perfect. He, was also fa- placed, he also had receivers having their best game and playing a defense that was not very good. And so I think that's worth keeping in mind uh, as well. Yeah, I think one of the things uh, I, I, I want to make sure, I, maybe, and maybe I've misunderstood this, but I, mean, I don't think Kirby has ever said he wasn't physically cleared. I think he said he, he wasn't cleared. Uh, it, which leads into a point that I was thinking about last night, but I got a text from uh, from Will, our friend Will Robinson out in Seattle that made me, who's actually, well, he, he's Mississippi State, he's Mississippi people. Um, and one of the things I kept thinking through the game is like, I feel like our run game is not in sync, right? That we're not, we're missing something. And he he said, do you, do you think JT is getting us in the wrong run, run fits and we're doing the wrong run checks? I'm like, well... If you, I mean, again, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing some Robert Nash stuff with, with pieces of string on a whiteboard, but I mean, if he's physically able to go, but he isn't able to get us into the, the running plays in particular, that is a cause to not start in Kirby Smart's, on Kirby Smart's football team. Um, but I agree with you, Will, you just come out and say that, right? Well, you know, Daniels doesn't know the playbook. We, we, you know, he can play if we get in an injury situation, but He's still learning the playbook. He's only been here. He's only been here four months, and two and a half of those months we weren't able to talk with him. So, you know, we were relying on him, and we relied on him to get getting there. We feel like he's getting there, uh, but I can't promise you'll see him because we have a starting quarterback right now. Right? That seems like a much more. Um, this seems like a much more sage way to approach it. Of course, you're right. That's not Kirby Smart's way, right? He. He uses press conferences to talk to his team. He's not talking to fans. He's not talking to the media. He's talking to his team. So, Which is fine until it blows back on right, you. Right, until it blows back on you. But I, it does feel a little bit like, look, we weren't ran the ball. I'm, Scott, do you have the stats in front of you? Something like 24 times, 20 times, 20 to 24 33. times? 33 times? Okay. Uh, but some of those were, were sacks or like scrambles. So 
whatever it was, we had like maybe maybe it was twenty five rushes rushes our running backs for what twenty eight yards and. Um, a lot of those those guys were getting blown up in the backfield. Now, I do think a part of it was Mike Leach did say, you're going to have to beat me with your quarterback regardless of who's playing. But there is a way of, I don't know that I'm right, but there is a way of looking at this as saying that Daniel still hasn't got the playbook right, still is not getting the run checks and in, in, in fits right. And there are, you know, I think there are probably some issues on the offensive line that we haven't even thought about because, they didn't have their, they didn't have a great game blocking, and um, both pass blocking or because I, Scott, I'm glad you brought up JT's Daniel's pocket awareness. Pocket awareness, he had to have a lot of pocket awareness at times in a way that I was surprised against a team that was looked to me to be clearly selling out to stop the run. Now, anytime you saw it stop the run, that also means you got five and six guy front. So if you do drop back to pass, you have to be very careful that you put nose on nose. But I, um, I also agree with you, Will, that. Anybody that comes back, see, JT would have beat Alabama and Florida. I don't think you watched the same game I watched last night because I, what I saw was an offense that wasn't um, <clears throat> that wasn't quite in sync, um, and I saw a um, I saw a defense that looked like they had first time they'd seen a pass happy offense in a weird way. Considering we played two already, now, agreed they're very different, but um, it's um, I'm glad we beat Mississippi State. And I am taking this as uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm doing coach speak now. I'm taking this as a one game season, um, but I am happy that Daniels came in and played really well, despite the fact that it might make Tiffany mad. It was refreshing to see balls thrown the receivers. He still had underthrown balls. Like there was that one pass to Burton where he he had to stop. If he had seen his stride, it's like another touchdown. Um, so it's uh, he clearly has a much better arm than than. Than Stetson and and Dewan Mathis, like when I say better, I mean just more zip, quicker release, more. It's just like he's able to put the ball in tighter spots. He just has. I mean, there's a reason to see why he's a five star commit. I think Seth had a really good line in his post game article where he said it was that kind of game for Daniels where even the bad plays were followed by good ones. And that was kind of the tenor of the game because it was almost like they tried to run it or, or you know, do that inside little little uh, jet sweep to Cook or something. And then it's like Munkin's like, okay, let's just throw deep to Burton or, or find D-Rob on the sideline or Pickens. And, you know, it, it kind of dovetails into what uh, JT Daniels uh, was quoted after the game where they kind of raised eyebrows for me, where he says, if you have Pickens and Burton, if you're not going to throw it up to them, then don't recruit them. Um, so he's obviously a big fan of the way that they ran the offense last night with the, the throwing. Now, as far as watching it, it made you, uh, obviously when we're going over this again, but it made you gnash your teeth. It was very frustrating to watch it at home because you could see things uh, either unfolding or not opening up and you're just kind of uh, scratching your head. But I was really glad to see, um, all things considered, that they just, you know, when the backs, when their backs were against the wall, uh, they had the trust in JT's arm and Daniel had the competence of the offense to make something happen. The perfect example is with 10 minutes left in the, in the fourth quarter when we're tied 
and you go. I think there was a drop by Pickens in the in the end zone. Then there was a drop by Kyrus Jackson in the end zone. Then there was a completion for a first down, but it was negated by holding. It was third and twenty, and you know they're in zero coverage, and Daniels finds Kyrus Jackson just kind of alone sitting down in the end zone for the game winning touchdown. So. Um, you know, I mean, it was a whirlwind, but, uh, you know, I, I'm with you, Tony. It's a one game season. Uh, there's plenty of things to pick apart on this, but, uh, you know, it, this is the third starting quarterback we've had this year, which is crazy. I think it's only happened a couple times in Georgia football history. Yeah, and, and Will, before we go talk about the defense, I do want to make one thing, and I, I want to make sure, and I, I know y'all don't think this, but I want to make sure people listening don't. We probably saw Stetson Bennett's ceiling. We, I, I know we can we could see him play better. There are places he could be better, but we probably saw his ceiling. We haven't seen Daniel's ceiling, right? As he as he runs Munkin's offense more, as he plays more games with the offense, the offense will get more in sync and he will get better. Um, I think it's. I think it's, I want to make sure that, it, and and if we don't, then we can start with the quarterback development question again. But he clearly has the talent and skill sets. To, to, to do the things we want him to do in the offense. Other than run the football, which is a whole different thing. I mean, you're talking about, and it's, it's not fair to say Justin Fields runs the football, but he certainly has that, and that's always a threat in a way that um, you're just not going to have with JT Daniels. Okay, uh, let's talk about the defense. Uh, uh, obviously, um, um, the problem with me with the defense, you know, we've talked about how all you have to do is just like do that thing for the against Mississippi State, right? Like you have to, like what was discouraging to me. I didn't think the necessarily the defensive game plan was terrible. Like it felt like it's not like they were like playing deep and being stunned that they were throwing six and seven yard outs. I think the players weren't into it. To be entirely honest with you, oh, it's like, execution, I, yeah. Yeah, and, and and I don't I don't mean to say that they didn't care or they're somehow weak, but like I mean there was they were a step or two slow to everything all night. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if that if if they if if it's just, if, as Scott kind of pointed out, this is the first time they've really faced a really pass heavy offense, but they were not sharp on defense. Uh, in a way that I did not necessarily think this was just terrible play calling and not being prepared for Mike Leake's offense. I actually thought the defense just was just kind of sagging uh, uh, really kind of all night. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, it, it, let's, and let's be clear about one thing. Played much better in the second half, especially after that first drive. I mean, only gave up 120, 25 yards in the second half, 75 or, or so of which came on the first drive in that third quarter. Um, but you're right. There was one play that was that was completely illustrative of this. Uh, one of their touchdowns, where basically they they ran that drag route to the sideline that was uh, that had been like a real close first down before. But instead of like having the defender on him, um, he was like a half step behind. And then when he caught the ball and turned up field, he just like literally and I don't know who it was, uh, but whoever was defending him just like stopped. It's like you, how do you not pursue there? And I have to assume that that Smart and Lanning taught new combinations of cuss words to the defense at the halftime, uh, because that's certainly, if we're seeing that on TV or if it's, Will, you're seeing it in person, you have to assume those coaches saw it and probably illustrated it in very, very colorful ways at halftime. I guess the way you look at this is it was just a pass passing game, I mean, for both teams, because... 
Mississippi State rushed for 22 yards. Georgia rushed for eight yards. And so it was just kind of like whoever's just going to, you know, it was almost like a Sandlot football game. Um, and, and, you know, Tony, your observation of just not that into it, I agree with that because that's how it looked on TV in the first half, especially. Now, those last couple drives, it was like that defense that played against Arkansas, Auburn, Tennessee, that was just gnarly and nasty came back and hey better late than never and Aziz Ojolari finally getting to the quarterback on that last play of the game uh really let you uh have a sigh of relief right there but um you know I think the way I look at this is it's just a game that happens and you just kind of have to throw it out because the next game you have no idea what's going to happen and that's kind of the way the season's going I mean we could run the ball for 250 yards next week and you know throw for 200 you know that's what I'd like to see I'd like to see a balanced offense next week and also the defense coming back to like uh, pre-Alabama game defense and you know they have it in them um, maybe some guys get healthy again I saw that Jordan Davis still wasn't out there uh, he was in street clothes and uh, you know who knows with that uh, cryptic tweet by Richard LeCount last week I think we're really missing him and if uh, LeCount can get back then uh, I think all things arrows are pointed up so to speak for the rest of the season and then the bowl game probably versus Cincinnati so um, I was there I was at the game. Uh, I found it safe. I did not uh, find any issues at all. Uh, I kept my mask on in the seats. Not everyone did. I don't. Th- 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 I think it's fine. It's not a big deal. Uh, it's you're outside. I think there's plenty of distance. Everyone. I just kept the mask off just because, uh, you know, I, I I'm ashamed of my lack of ability to grow facial hair. Um, but uh, I, I generally felt that uh, I think they've done a good job. I think they kept it safe in there. Uh, it was. It's hard to tell. Uh, how much of it is just not that many people, uh, as many people, and how hard it is to tell um, that uh, people are the season in the eyes of many fans, frankly, is already over. <laughs> and so it's hard to tell how uh, the reaction is not. It's certainly very muted. You could definitely hear. I did not realize how much I would be able to hear the pumped in crowd noise. It is very obvious and very apparent in there in a way that on television, it's like it, you can almost fool yourself. There's people in the stands. You, they could be making some noise. You can tell it pretty clearly uh, uh, when you're there in a way that I had not kind of anticipated. But I thought it was a good experience. It's my son's uh, nine-year-old birthday. Happy birthday to, uh, to William Lee. He turned nine yesterday. On, uh, uh, the, he enjoyed this more than I think he would have enjoyed going to Kentucky which is what the game is originally supposed to be uh, today So uh, uh, in this game. So yeah, I, I thought they did a good job. I thought it was pretty safe, uh, and uh, I, I had no major complaints. Yeah, and I, we ended up not going. I had, uh, I had seriously considered getting tickets. Well, sorry, I feel like I'm doing shutdown podcast now. Um, <laughs> so, um, hey, hey, guys, in case you don't know, I'm a 50-year-old man, so we have a house phone. Um, actually, we live in the country, so we have bad cell service yeah, here. Yeah, right, right. Um, so we, um, I have no idea what we're talking about. That's like suddenly brought back to the like safety 80s, of the game. You've got to go to the game. Yeah, we didn't. We ended up not going to the game. We decided to do something here, um, and uh, I was there was a, a brief moment of like being bummed by that, but then I was like, now I'm kind of glad I'm not there because you know it's cold and it would be getting out of there at 10.30. But I'm, well, I'm glad you found that experience because that's exactly the experience I had the two times I've been. It's like, it, it does not feel, that like the closest thing to unsafe it feels is when you're leaving the game for the 25, like the minute maybe, you're in 25 seconds to a minute, you're in the concourse and that's it. Yeah. Uh, also, I'd like to note that someone, uh, if you're listening, 
someone sitting beside me as we were leaving said, "Hey, Will, uh, uh, I love this listen listen to the show." And then I was and I was going to be like, hey, "Hey, thanks, man," and like you know and do that, but I did. But you know, it's you're leaving and it's a pandemic, <coughs> so I just kind of like I didn't like stop around. But just so you know, just to, I just want to I just want to give this message. Like, I don't know if I speak for you and uh, you, Scott, and you, Tony, but so you know. Anyone that does this, that sees us in public, if you get a chance, definitely do not feel like you should not do that because it definitely makes us look so much cooler to the people around us than we ordinarily do. So I always think of when uh, I came back from the NBA All-Star game earlier this year and I saw, for those of you who listen to the starters, the old starters uh, podcast with Trey, with Jay Skeets and Trey Kirby, I saw Trey Kirby in line at the airport and he was behind me I'd, I'd already talked to him and then someone came up to him and said oh man I love you man I love you and, and so I, I ran the trailer I was like I'm, I'm really glad I saw that and he's like you know what I'm really glad you saw that too I'm really <laughs> glad you saw that and I feel like that is so anytime you get a chance to do that make sure it, uh, it's very nice and, I'm, and we're all very honored to do it but definitely do it when our loved ones are near because yes. they see us all the time and are very sick of us and think that we are we are very lame. So if you get a chance to say how awesome we are, please do so, uh, particularly in their earshot. Agreed. I, I was going to talk about the jerseys, but I'll go ahead and uh, say that I was coaching a uh, my son's baseball game, and a, and a guy, I can't remember his name, I'm sorry if you're listening, I don't remember your name, um, came across the adjacent field and just kind of waved at me and was like, hey, I recognize your voice. And my wife was sitting right there. And she just kind of looks at me, you know, because we've been doing this for five years. She just kind of looks at me just like almost like there's another one on on the notch of, uh, of being uh, noticed by my voice. Um, so, yes, I, I second that what Will just said. Uh, it is kind of fun and, and thrilling uh, for that to happen. But um, but I digress. Uh, the black jerseys, they looked great. I, uh, I had quibbles with the uh, the dog collar like many people on Twitter. However, when they're in full uniform and the shoulder pads are kind of pushing them down and the collar and the helmets on, they look fine. Now, um, the blocked numbers is what really does it for me because in past black jerseys, you had the Bulldog Bold, which was kind of the more curvature of the numbers, but the blocked numbers, which is the same type of numbers they wore in those awesome uh, retro white jerseys against Arkansas, uh, looked great. Um, I really think that they should institute the black jerseys for a night home game once every year. And uh, hopefully uh, they're not cursed, obviously. Uh, I think actually Georgia's record in black jerseys is now 5-1, and one, um, with that only loss being the 08 Alabama uh, game. So, uh, so yeah, kudos to the Georgia football equipment staff and Kirby and everybody else for uh, rolling out in those black jerseys. They do look amazingly sharp on TV. Yeah, I'll have to say that they look far better than Nebraska's black jerseys. Um, <laughs> and they're far less cursed. Although it, they had to do something nice for Scott Frost Day. Oh, it, it, did I hear a segue? Is there a segue here uh, into another topic? Oh, yes. How about Lovey Smith? And how about there's a line I wiping out Nebraska and then throwing some shade? Throwing some shade post game. I have to admit, is it possible the shaving the beard did something for them? Because I, <laughs> I thought their power came from the beard. They, I got to tell you, they look, that's as good a game as they played in the Lovey Smith era. Like, like yeah. that, that was, like, you know, his whole, I'll make this brief, but, you know, his whole thing is he's the turnover guy. This is Lovey Smith's whole philosophy of everything is strip the ball, you win the game by getting turnovers. The, and for the record, Nebraska made five turnovers yesterday. Uh, but Illinois outgained them. 
And usually, like those games last year, where they upset Wisconsin and they upset Michigan State. Wisconsin was better. Michigan State was better. They just got turnovers at the right time. This may speak a little bit to Nebraska, but that was Illinois. Not only got five turnovers, they outgained uh, Nebraska, and that 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 was that's a healthy sign. They're playing Ohio State next week. They're going to get killed, but the Illinois looked like definitively and clearly the better team against Nebraska yesterday. And that's, that was, uh, that's, it's been a while since I've seen that. Yeah, it was, it was, a, I watched a lot of that game and was texting with our friend, Dave Johnson. Um, mm-hmm. who, you Dave, know, yes. And he, uh, he was like, this is, it's, it's fun. He's like, I love Illinois football. I will watch Illinois football and have when they have gone over, I mean, it's SID when they went over. Uh, so I mean, clearly he'll watch it. But he, I was a student when they went over. I knew him there when we went over. Yeah, was a right here. And he's like, "This is legitimately fun. We're doing things. It's like we're competent on offense. We are." And like, I, I think you, you hate to lose a quarterback to COVID, but the fact that Peters came back made him look better. And uh, also, Ohio, Indiana might be better than we than anybody besides yeah. Indiana fans want to give him credit for because they gave Ohio State a game. Maybe the best game they'll get all season until the playoff, right? Uh, or unless Northwestern beats them in the Big Ten championship. Yeah, right, so, right. Sorry, I had to bring that up, but if we're talking about it, um, yeah, Northwestern. Northwestern uh, Fitzgerald went after Wisconsin like uh, like he like he was busting a union, uh, pretty much uh, over there. I am happy to have uh, set you up for that. Uh, very much. Uh, let, let's uh, let's pour one out for uh, our friends at, at, uh, at Tennessee. They've uh, now lost their fifth consecutive game by double digits. <laughs> They've been outscored 105 to seven in all of those second halves of those five games. So uh, you know, I mean, they might have a fast start. In fact, they did lead Auburn yesterday, but then again, they wilted in the second half, and now they're. Uh, they're two and five. They uh, after their eight game win streak, they've now lost five in a row. Maybe they'll match it with eight wins in a row and then eight losses in a row. Who knows? Wow. Remember, remember, remember when they were all cocky coming into uh, they had the longest win streak in the country. Good for them. You mean all the time? For all the time. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, they, they, when you're that stylish, I guess you, you get kind of cocky. there is nothing more fun than after a Tennessee loss like that. And there's been five of them in a row, so I've been doing it. But I, I'll I'll kind of go into my tune in app and listen to the Tennessee sports talk just for about 15 minutes and just listen to the meltdown. Uh, it just makes you feel better about your, uh, your college football team, no matter what happens. I've never wanted more than uh, Illinois puts its post game uh, call in show on a, a podcast. Nebraska's does not, <laughs> but Nebraska and Tennessee post game podcast, uh, post game uh, call in shows seem, uh, seem like they would be in a bit entertaining. Uh, last night, to say the very least, and Michigan's would have been if they lost to Rutgers. Oh but, uh, God! I woke uh, up just in time to see that last that last overtime. It was a little baffled how we got there, but <laughs> it was very strange. It was very strange. Kickers, college kickers. Yeah. All right, Jim. Hey, I, I, we shouldn't talk too long because I'm going to see you guys tomorrow because we're going to tape tomorrow uh, before we go do uh, before uh, we all leave or stay uh, for our Thanksgiving celebrations. But um, uh, so. It's only. Is there really only? Is there only two games, three games left? Is that it? There are three games scheduled. Um, yeah, we'll see. Right. right yeah. Right. South Carolina. Yeah, I, I noticed. I noticed in the little program sheet they gave us that um, Mississippi State's game for December twelfth is scheduled on the schedule. Georgia does not have a game scheduled for December twelfth, and they would have one to make up. So uh, we'll see what happens with that as well. 
Yeah, and as it is, we're tentatively scheduled to play Missouri there uh, on the twelfth. But I think there, I think the SEC is holding that open for, um, for I, I guess, in case there's something different. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, wild times, wild times across the board. All right, uh, all right. Well, hey guys, uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow. So, uh, um, you know, I don't. I'm not gonna. I feel like I should even say goodbye. I'll just be over in a bit. <laughs> Um, but uh, otherwise, all right, gents. Uh, good win, JT Daniels. I hope everyone saw. By the way, I sent a picture uh, uh, to 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 uh, Scott. Uh, one of William's birthday presents was a new Georgia jersey. Now they actually messed it up because it's from. Uh, um, uh, I got it via Methods, so uh, they uh, they put the sleeves on it are actually Cleveland Browns sleeves. <gasps> But that happens to be William's favorite NFL team. So it's actually like the perfect, perfect, perfect. It's a Daniels jersey. So if you get a chance, so I sent the picture. Uh, Daniels first start. My son had the Daniels jersey on. I think that jersey's going to come in handy, actually, uh, in the years ahead. Because remember, Daniels is still a sophomore next year. He's still a sophomore next year because of the, like, like he's, uh, he may leave after a third year or so on. But, like, he still, theoretically, could play three years after this one. So Because, remember, this year doesn't count. It's a free year, yeah. But he will be draft eligible after being out of high school for three years. If he goes to the draft, he can do that. However, if he does not go to the draft, he will be available to play here for three more years. But that's a whole other discussion. Perhaps I'm not trying to close the podcast and say bye. Um, All right, gentlemen, I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, Have a good one, and go dogs. Go dogs. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to give us a follow on social media. Our Twitter and Instagram handle is at WSLS Podcasts. In fact, we're on Facebook too. Same handle as well. We'll be back in a few days with our Georgia versus South Carolina preview show. And thanks again to our podcast partners, SP2 Hospitality, which include El Barrio, The Pine Bar, Pub on Main in Watkinsville, The 11th Pin in the Bowling Alley uh, on Macon Highway. Yeah, the Showtime Bowl on Macon Highway. And The Root, which is below The Pine Bar in Five Points. Hope your pre-Thanksgiving planning is going well. Ours is. Uh, We'll give you an update on that on our next show. And we'll see you on campus again very soon. And as always, go dogs.